I'm Sister Nazi, and your host for today's special edition of Did You Know? Here with us also, we have DJ Hassan to help us with our listening skills. Thanks for your help, DJ Hassan. Sure, you're welcome. Glad to help out. As August approaches, we are all starting to think about going back to school. Some of us will get new backpacks and school supplies, and some of us will get new tennis shoes or a haircut. We can't wait to find out who our new teacher will be or what classes end up on our schedules. For all of us, going back to school signifies a new beginning and new learning opportunities. Did you ever wonder what it would be like to go back to school in the golden age of Islam? Islamic education historically has been one of exploration and discovery. Throughout history, Islam has encouraged learning, both in the classroom our madrasas, and in the field. Muslim scholars were encouraged to learn astronomy in observatories and learn medicine by watching patients being treated in hospitals that were located adjacent to the masjids. Unlike traditional education, Muslims have always been encouraged to explore and be aware of our surroundings in order to gain knowledge. We all know the popular hadith that says, seek knowledge even if you have to go to China. There are also several Quranic ayahs that encourage us to travel. Take, for example, Surah 22, Ayah 46. Do they then not travel through the earth so that their minds gain wisdom and their ears thus learn to hear? For surely it is not the eyes that are blind, but the hearts which are in the mind, which are the minds which go blind. Or how about Surah 31, Ayah 31. Have you not seen the ships speeding through the sea, carrying Allah's provisions, so that he might show you some of his wonders? Herein, behold, there are messages indeed for all who are patient and grateful. Muslims during the golden ages of Islam knew the benefit of travel. They traveled for trade and were expert merchants. The Middle East was in the crossroads of travel from China and Africa to Europe. They also traveled to make Hajj, learn from others, and spread teachings of Islam. By traveling all over the world, they were able to learn from all the various cultures they came across. Today I have some stories for you about Islamic exploration. The first story is about the handheld devices that Muslims use to navigate the seas. Now, we all know our cell phones have several uses. But can you believe that Muslims also used handheld devices that had several uses? Although not electronic, Muslims used these devices to navigate the seas and determine the time for prayer, among several other uses. Take a listen and learn more about these fascinating handheld devices. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know that Muslims used handheld computers in the Middle Ages? For a Muslim in the Middle Ages, the astrolabe was an indispensable tool. The tool would fit in the palm of your hand or hang on a wall. It could be used to tell the time of day, keep track of the day of the month, navigate the seas, find the direction of Mecca for prayers, determine when the sun would rise and when it would set, survey land for setting property boundaries, 
measure the height of a building, and determine when to plant various crops. A scholar of the 10th century named Al-Sufi reported that there were over 1,000 uses for this tool. An astrolabe was a set of circular disks that could be rotated to align various markings. It was basically a two-dimensional representation of the three-dimensional sky. In order to use it, one would need to refer to a number of mathematical tables and have good command of astronomy and geography. The astrolabe was used by the world's most modern civilizations for over a thousand years. In the Middle Ages, the astrolabe was one of the most coveted possessions of an educated or affluent person in society. Because of the astrolabe, Muslims were able to travel longer distances in a shorter period of time, which transformed trade. Over the years, various versions of the astrolabe were designed. Some were spherical and others were flat. Some had interchangeable disks and others did not. Some were made of gold or bronze, while others were made of wood. Today, you can find astrolabes in various museums around the world. Each astrolabe tells a unique story about the time and place from which it came. Did you know? Did you know? Now you know. Did you know with Sister Nazi? We'll be right back after this break. With Igna Relief, your Kurbani Udhia donations will travel in a refrigerated truck to reach single mothers with children and local refugee families in need from San Antonio, Austin, Tyler, and Dallas-Fort Worth. It's simple and it's easy. Just visit iknarelief.org slash Kurbani and make your choice. You enjoy your aid, we take care of your Kurbani. Back to Did You Know with host Sister Nazi. How well were you listening? Did you catch the name of the handheld device that Muslim scholars used in the Middle Ages? See if you can answer before DJ Hassan. Five, four, three, two, one. Time's up. The answer is astrolabe. Were Muslims from Europe able to travel to the Americas before the time of Columbus and did they? Absolutely. Not only was it possible, it actually happened way before Columbus, as early as the 9th century. Take a listen to this next story, which tells us about the Muslims who happened to be the first Europeans to arrive in America. Did you know? Did you know that a Muslim discovered America way before Columbus did? In fact, lots of people discovered America before Columbus did. Muslims from Spain and Africa, Vikings from Europe, and Polynesians all discovered America hundreds of years before Columbus accidentally bumped into it. One Muslim who discovered America before Columbus was Khashkash ibn Said al-Aswad from Cordoba. He was a Moorish sailor in Muslim Spain in the year 889. That's more than 600 years before Columbus. As a Moorish sailor, he would have been dressed in a robe and a turban that would have been decorated with ornate pieces of bones or stones. His robe may have had silk in it from his travels to China. His boat would have been made of planks of wood from Ghana. 
the boat would have been about as long as a bowling alley and as wide as a two-lane highway. It would have had two square sails on it, and its wooden planks would have been sewn together. It would have taken eight men just to work the sails, and they would have used the sails to help steer the ship. With just the right headwind, they would have made it to America in about a month. A Muslim historian, Al-Masudi, wrote about Khashkash ibn Said in his book, Golden Meadows. In the book, Al-Masudi describes the sailors who attempted to sail across the Sea of Darkness. Al-Masudi said that some people considered the Sea of Darkness as the origin of all seas. He documented who attempted to navigate the sea and who was shipwrecked, and who escaped the wrath of the sea. He says that Khashkash ibn Said not only made it to the Akbar al-Zaman, or the great land, but he also made it back to tell about his trip. He brought souvenirs with him, and everyone knew about his travels. Al-Masudi drew a map of the location of the Akbar al-Zaman in his book, Golden Meadows, less than a hundred years after Khashkaj ibn Said's trip, and his map was surprisingly accurate considering the first map in the world that depicted America wasn't drawn until the 1500s. Maybe Columbus wouldn't have gotten lost if he just would have learned from the Muslims. Did you know? Did you know? Now you know. Did you know? We'll be right back after this break. Islamic Relief Islamic Relief USA is a community of humanitarians made up of staff, volunteers, affiliates, supporters, partners, and donors all working together to provide relief and development to communities in need around the globe. To learn about the various ways you can join this effort, visit IRUSA.org. Islamic Relief Back to Did You Know? So instead of Columbus Day, what should we be celebrating? Who really discovered America? What was his name? Again, see if you can answer before DJ Hassan. Five, four, three, two, one. Time's up. And the answer is Khashkash ibn Said. Muslims didn't just explore the earth by sea. They didn't just explore their own lands either. Their sense of wonder and discovery didn't stop at the coast of America. Instead, they continued to explore America after Europeans settled in the colonies as well. Some such explorers could be considered among the ranks of Lewis and Clark, but never received as much credit as they should have because of their slavery status when they made the discovery. Even in a foreign land and as a slave, it was a Muslim who is credited for the discovery of the state of New Mexico. Did you know that New Mexico was discovered by a Muslim? While some give credit to Francisco Vasquez de Carnado, many others would also agree that it was actually his slave, Estebanico, who led the way. So what was a Muslim doing in New Mexico in the early 1500s? Well, it all goes back to the quest to make the legend of the seven cities of Cibola a reality. 
This legend was first recorded by a Muslim scholar and historian named Al-Idrisi. The legend had it that hundreds of years earlier, when Spain was ruled by Muslims, seven bishops decided to escape Muslim rule by setting sail to establish new rule in a faraway land. No one knew what became of these seven bishops until some Muslim explorers called the Mugharrimun or the adventurers reported that they had found the bishops during their travels. They reported that the bishops had established seven cities in Antilia, a land that had an abundance of gold. In 1526, a Spaniard named Andres Dorantes, along with several hundred prospectors, set sail from Cuba to Florida in hopes to find the riches of the cities of Cibola. Among his crew was his slave, Mustafa Zamuri, who was forced to take a Christian name, Estebanico, when he was sold to the Spaniard explorer. When the crew reached Florida, their ship wrecked in the Gulf of Mexico near what is now Tampa. They thought at first to hike on foot, but decided instead to sail along the coast on rafts. Only 80 men survived by the time they landed near what is now Galveston, Texas. There, they were captured by some Native Americans. Four of them were eventually able to escape and make friends with another tribe who taught Estebanico to be a medicine man. They gave him a medicine rattlestick and a beaded and feathered gourd for good luck on his travels. Estebanico learned to amaze native tribes that he encountered by convincing him that he was a medicine man. It was said that he learned at least six native languages. His uncanny ability to win the Native Americans over helped him lead the other three back to Mexico to tell the tale of their travels. The Viceroy of Mexico was so impressed that he sent Estebanico to lead another group of explorers to what is now Albuquerque, where he thought the gold surely lay. Just as he got there, Estebanico was captured by the Zuni Indians and killed. But some say he may have faked his death in order to escape slavery. Today, some regard Estebanico as the first true African-American and perhaps one of the first American Muslims as well. Did you know, did you know, now you know. Okay, everyone, you have one more chance to beat DJ Hassan. What was the name of the Muslim who was credited for discovering New Mexico? Five, four, three, two, one. Time's up. Estebanico, or his Muslim name, Mustafa Zamori. Muslims have not stopped exploring. Here at Muslim Radio Dallas, we are looking for contestants for our Do You Know game show. When you listen and you say that you know, time for Do You Know Game Show. Do You Know Game Show. If you're a good listener and you're fast to beat DJ Hassan to answer the questions about new and exciting facts you heard on this show, we might choose you to be on the air for our Do You Know game show. Here's what you do to have a chance to compete. Find the name of a Muslim who is or was an explorer. 
Maybe this person was an explorer of new lands, or was a navigator of the seas, or even is an astronaut today. Send your answer with your name and your age in an email to contact at muslimradiodallas.com. If you have a good answer, we may choose you to participate in our Do You Know game show. I'm Nazi Paderov, and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of This program is produced by Muslim Radio Network and is made possible with your generous support. Please make your tax-deductible donation on muslimradionetwork.org. Muslim Radio.